Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. We are all programmed. It's amazing when you think about it, whether we want to be or not, we are influenced by things we see in all media, whether it's TV, social media, videos that pop up in in Google feeds, whatever it might be. We're being influenced. And how true is that? What are the standards for that, especially the, the beauty standards? And some of them can be very toxic. We're going to look at all of that today. And she's going to help us do that. She's got a company that helps serve women who are seeking to take back control of their faith, their life, and even their wellness in a holistic, very simple way that can be consistent and something that they can sustain. And she helps a lot of people, especially when it comes down to nutritional counseling and mentoring services. She is the founder and CEO of Holistic Nutrition Pathways for Life, and she's Tabitha Howard, and she's back with us. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself, Steve? I'm good, and I'm going to be the first to admit that I will say I don't get sucked into reels and videos on TikTok and Snap, but I actually do. Probably not to the extent of everybody else, but I started thinking about this the other night of how much time I spend, and I'm not a... I'm not a, an addict when it comes to social sure. media, sure. but I will be laying there in bed. It's like, oh, look at that. Oh, look yep. at that. Flip to the next yep. one. And sometimes it's the most ridiculous stuff. Like I came across <laughs> boat fails. Like people, and I don't even have a boat, trying to pilot their boat. And I don't even, I, I have a boating certificate from like 12 years ago. I don't remember anything. I don't think I could successfully pilot a boat, but I look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, look what happened to them. Look what happened to them. And over and over, I'm like, scroll to the next. And that's just one subject. Then there's a whole bunch of other ones, you know. But we spend a lot of time getting sucked into all of this and most of it doesn't support us, right? That is very much correct. I do have one question though for you. It's a a burning question that all the masses want to know. So, how did that Netflix binging go for you last week, Steve? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, stand- what, shows, what shows are you addicted to on your watch list these days? I pivoted over to stand-up comedy and, nice. and played a bunch of comedians. Some of them that I've never even heard of. And honestly, one that was really funny, and I got to look back to what I was watching at, fortunately, Netflix does show you, you know, what you watched. Maybe you'll like this. I don't remember his name, but he was funny, very relatable. And I, the, the funniest part was he would laugh at himself. <laughs> but I, I probably did at least, uh, I, I want to say pushing three hours. And I was going to watch, there's a movie, um, I think it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh-huh. And I have some, some apps where I can watch stuff that's fresh in movie theaters. Um, right. I was going to watch that, and that was like three and change. And I, and I said to myself, "Well, that's a long time. That's a long commitment. So I'll just watch other stuff." Meanwhile, I've surpassed that in time. But uh, yeah, you get you can easily get sucked in, right? Hundred uh, percent. Listen, when it comes to Netflix, All American is my jam. If y'all are not on the All American and All American Homecoming game, when it comes to Netflix, y'all are missing the heck out. And that's all I'm gonna say. Hmm. <laughs> Ah, so what? What? What's your? What's your, your go-to? What's your go-to? 
Oh, I would say All American, uh, Manifest. When they put that finale series on there, certain movies here and there. It's just anything that catches my interest. That's within, like, let's say, my career interest or educational. That's usually where I, or documentary. I'm a I'm a bit of a documentary junkie because I find them more educational. I'm all about education, research, all of that stuff. So that's my jam. Every once in a while, drama. Action as well. I love me some Marvel and some DC. Yes. Um, so I'm a little bit of everything. I'm a multi multi passionate viewer. <laughs> uh, I, I get that, but the, the, there's there's so much content out there, and some people are telling me some some in the industry that Netflix is struggling and that Roku is going to surpass them. So I'll put that put that on your radar. <laughs> but when it comes to Social feeds, because that's yeah. where we get truly influenced. Uh, a lot of it can be toxic. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the thing is, Steve, and here's, here's where some people might, might be ready to cut me off, cut the program off, but I want y'all to stay, and I want y'all to really listen to what I'm about to tell you. PSA to the 12 to 16 million listeners plus that are tuning in. It is not the social media platforms or apps themselves that are the problem. We are the problem. The people who are operating the, or not operating, but the people who have accounts, they are the problem. We are the problem, y'all, because we're the ones who are allowing what we see. It's, it's as easy as a tap to unfollow unfriend, block, mute, restrict. Restrict is a new feature now on Instagram. If you know, you know. Mm -hmm. But we're the problem. It's not, the, the apps don't operate themselves. The feeds don't scroll themselves. It's us, as Steve so, so transparently admitted. And I do the same thing. I mean, I work in social media. I'm a digital creator. So a lot of my, that part of my career, I do have to keep up on insights, and certain knowledge and education and all of that because I'm very data-driven. So imagine being a digital creator slash influencer slash whatever you want to call us. It can be incredibly difficult to have that work-life balance when the majority of your job leans heavily into social media, whether it's marketing, whether it's um, connecting with, my following, a little bit of each, whether it's just simply putting out something to encourage them, uh, posting a verse, whatever it is, it can be very, very challenging. So I think it's, I think for me, I'm not going to act like I've arrived because I have not, not in the least. It's always a work in progress. And for me as a woman and as somebody who knows they're in a position to where they could be critiqued more than others. You know, I'm a female, I'm African-American, I'm a Christian, so some people would see that as like, oh, that's three strikes against her. No, it's not. <laughs> I use those to my strengths. Those are strengths for me. Those are motivators for me because I want to make sure that I'm marketing myself as a whole, not my race, not my gender, not my faith per se, but who I am as a whole, as a whole person. And so when it comes to how that connects to the beauty standard situation, 
First off, this is nothing new. As it says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. King Solomon made it very, very plain. And it goes, a lot, it goes back a lot further than we think it does. Now, generally, when we think of beauty standards, we think of women. But there are a ton of quote-unquote beauty standards that have also been placed upon men as well. And so I don't want to leave them out of it because they've, they've definitely dealt with it over the years. So the thing is that there's, this, there's always been this objectification and sexualization of these unrealistic female body image standards that have created this, you know, this deep-rooted problem that keeps getting ignored time and again, you know, among all the smoke and mirrors from the entertainment industry, social media, and all this other stuff that women have been bombarded with for a really long time. But the thing is, there is a solution to this. And it starts simply with realistically acknowledging where society has gone horribly horribly wrong. So even back as far as like the between the 40s and the 70s, um, there was always this, you know, sensual and glamorized nature of women with smoking, for example. There was also like these kind of like filters on like some of these older films before, you know, the 2020s when filters became cool again, y'all. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All that's old is new again. Like, let's be real right now. Oh my gosh, come on. It, 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 the, the nighttime news, when people yes. watched it before you know, social media blew up, they were filtering. Yes. <laughs> like, Absolutely. why do you think they look so perfect? Because there were filters. Uh, it, 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 was, it was standard of that going on. In, and even, even if you look at some TV shows, some of the female actresses, have filters on their cameras because you yes. can tell you can just tell the colors when they switch over in the graininess level to other actors as opposed to you know, certain female actors it's right. going on all the time absolutely it's, it's been around for a long time and i feel like again we need to kind of be real and be like look all that's old is new again it's 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 history repeating itself and society rehashing the same stuff just with more technological advancements. And so again, you know, this goes back a lot to the, to the entertainment industry. I mean, you know, there used to be posters on the wall. I don't know if, if kids even do this anymore, but people would put posters on their wall, of their favorite celebrity or favorite model or whatever and whatever. And so, um, and then the, the magazines, of course, celebrity magazines, and all of that propaganda, I'm just going to call it what it is, propaganda, of these perfectly professionally edited images and very appealing, but it's like, realistically, millions of dollars are paid by celebrities to makeup artists, hairstylists, all that stuff. And nowadays, it's gotten so bad to where women are literally disfiguring themselves um, just just horribly, and that gets into the minds of young girls, and it confuses them. Um, and it's like this is not this is not normal, and this is not okay. This is just not okay. All 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 jokes aside, and all humor aside, this is not okay because it's it's destroying people's lives. It's giving them images that are not healthy and that are not like that that is not given by God. God created us, each and every one of us, in his image. And the way that he created us is perfectly imperfect, as it should be. 
Um, and so, for example, you look at Zendaya and J-Lo, for example. So you see them as two, like, very classic examples of quote-unquote beauty standards. So Zendaya is almost six feet, very slim, whereas J-Lo is, like, jet. Like, she's always been very, very fit. And there's always been this pushing of the media's impact on women through celebrities like J-Lo and Zendaya, um, that you must be this way in order to look and feel like a woman. You know, cellulite and stretch marks and foo paws and all of that is seen as something that is undesirable. But again, women don't realize how much power they've given to the media and society uh, in general. But the thing is, too, there's the other extreme where there's toxic body positivity. And this is where there's a bit of a segue into my, um, you know, field of study where basically toxic body positivity is equally as bad because it gives the impression that being unhealthy is to be praised, like being obese or being overweight. Now, I am all about all about supporting beauty in all shapes and sizes, but even more so, I'm about letting people know that there's beauty in being healthy. Let me let me say that again for y'all on the back who didn't hear me. There's beauty in being healthy. <laughs> let that sizzle in your spirit for a second. Hmm. Let that let that sizzle. There's beauty in being healthy. And that doesn't mean you have to be slim. That doesn't mean you have to be whatever. Fill in the blank. There's beauty and living in a body that is functioning the way that it should. And we miss that. We miss it a lot. Men and women alike. Like I'm, I'm throwing men in, in here on this one, too. You're talking to a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, was just on Amazon getting, uh, I saw an ad for eye cream. So I okay. wanted to see if Amazon sold it. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Because I got a sample, and I was like, I think it works, but I'm not sure, uh, and I could return it. I, I totally get it. And if when we say healthy, how do we define that? Great question. How would you define it? I'm going to turn the question to you first. Uh, first, you go right to your health. So, you, you know, we make sure that we're eating healthy, we're getting proper exercise, hydrating, and all of that. And I believe it's a balance. All of these things need to come into balance. And then we go into the emotional part, the spiritual part. And I don't mean just religion. You can have spirituality without even adding religion to it. Um, when all of those things are in balance, in all of them, then you're healthy. Okay. Okay. I'll give you a 9.5 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Be, because it, that illustrates your point, I'm not perfect. <laughs> Precisely. So the reason why I gave you a 9.5 is because there was one particular point that I was looking for. Being healthy starts right between your ears, in your mind. Because if you are unhealthy up top, the body is going to fall. And that's both in a very physical sense spiritual, emotional, mental, all the things. So if your head is not on straight, your body's going to be like, I'm not trying to function. That's why when you feel depressed, 
your body basically goes into hermit mode and, and hibernating. When you're anxious, your body gets more jittery. Your heart rate starts to go up. When you're feeling happy, you know, on the more positive side of things, um, you feel joyful. Your skin clears up. Your skin starts glowing. You feel more active and alive. All those things are not simply just biology. Those are literally signals that God created and put in our bodies to let us know what's going on. And I think sometimes we kind of underappreciate the fact that he created us in such a way where our body is a lot smarter than we think it is. Oh, um, I'm right there with you. <laughs> oh, it is. When you realize it, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it can heal itself if you give it the right yeah. stuff. And again, back to what I said, mm-hmm. if everything is in balance, if if it has what it needs, it is smart. It 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 can heal itself. You're a thousand percent right. It's it's way smarter than we even think. Oh, absolutely. No no algorithm, no man made computer of any sort could ever come close to such a perfectly imperfect created human being straight straight from God's hands. And so for me, you know, again tying back into our main topic is that God created us perfectly imperfect, right? So why should we feel like he made a mistake? <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't make any mistakes. We might feel like it sometimes because it's like, oh, I have cellulite, or oh, my muscles aren't big enough, or oh, I'm not tall enough, yada, yada, yada. All the, all the nasty voices in our heads that basically are saying, God made a mistake when he made you. And some people have actually admitted that they feel that they're a mistake. And it's like, you're not a mistake. And I want to speak to somebody because I know there's somebody who's listening who needs to hear this. You are not a mistake. You're not. You have a purpose. You need to be here. God God wants you to do something. He wants to show you something. So you're not a mistake. I know, I'm sure there's some people who are listening who have been through some harrowing experiences. We've all had our share, but we are here for a reason. And I truly believe that it's up to us to really see, okay, what is my purpose? What is my reason for being here? Mm. Whatever it is, whether it's you and I on radio, whether it's me as a nutritionist, my dad as a pastor, my mom, whomever, whatever our calling is, we need to go... (laughs) Head first, all feet in, 100%. So for me, when it comes to beauty standards, here's where I stand. So number one, um, side note, I actually um, decided to make the executive decision to become a signed model in August. And what? Really? Yes. Ta-da! Surprise! <laughs> wow. Good for you. Congrats. Thank you. And so it was not a decision that I took lightly, but when I tell you, Steve, I have been told since I was a child, my mom, me, we used to go into modeling, you should do modeling, blah, 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 since I was a child. But I'm so glad that I waited until I was older and more mature, mature in my faith, mature in life, to really be able to maneuver an industry that focuses a lot on appearance, and that's just the truth. But here's the thing. Here's, here's the secret, y'all. Hope y'all got your listening ears on. Here's the secret, right? Again, 
it goes back to you as a person. If you're going into this career insecure, not confident, desperate, yes, you're going to fall into some very cleverly laid traps that could have long-term consequences. But when I decided to pursue this career, I said firmly, this will be on my own terms, period. It will not be for the money. It will not be for the prestige. It will not be to put myself on a pedestal. I said it will be on my own terms with my own convictions and values at the forefront, period. Whether I'm negotiating with contracting, with contracts, with agents, with brands, whatever, it's going to be at the forefront. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's not what I'm not going to do respectfully. And either we move forward and we don't. And that fearlessness is something that took me a really long time to really own, Steve, believe it or not. And I feel like even now sometimes I'm like, man, am I really, am I really that fearless and confident in who I am? Yes, I am. And I want that for other people. I want that for other women, whether they're going into an industry like this one or whether they're just living their daily life as a stay-at-home mom or whatever. Be upfront about your convictions and your values because they don't just affect you. They affect other people around you, family, friends, colleagues, the broader audience if you have such a, such a following. So for me, I went into it like, look, the Lord wants me in this industry for a reason, and I believe truly that it's to glorify him and to really show that a woman can confidently radiate beauty from the inside and it still be seen as true beauty. Because the looks are going to fade. We know this for men and women alike. But when you have that inner beauty, <laughs> y'all, y'all got to get a hold of this. That inner beauty, that godly beauty is something that nobody, and I mean nobody, can touch. Now, is that to say I'm invincible to comparison sometimes? Please. <laughs> I would be lying on air if I said that. But every once in a while, I need to remind myself, you are you. God created you to be you. He gave you your personality. He gave you your smile. He gave you your empathy. He gave you your, your gifts in, in speaking and in speech and reaching people. So... Being confident and fearless now is something that really, it's, it's not me. It's, it's God. It's, it's a God thing, 100%. Because even, even five years ago, three years ago, ten years ago, I was a very different person. So mm -hmm. I'm just grateful that I can use this uh, arm of my career, being more of a quote-unquote public figure, if you will, to break the glass ceilings that have been put in place of what someone who's truly feminine and beautiful should look like, sound like, be like, all of that stuff. I'll tell you, I'm a, I'm a radically different person than I was three years ago. Absolutely. I am. Um, proud to say that. Not that I feel I was a bad person i just view things differently and sometimes it takes things in your life to shake it up where you realize 
Wow. Okay. And then you start having faith in yourself and then you, you turn around and say, I pulled that one off. Wow. I didn't know I, I, I had that in me and I, I, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could persevere past this point because of challenges. Um, Absolutely. So, so questions. Yes. Do you believe everything that we're given to deal with in life, sometimes good, sometimes, I don't want to say bad, sometimes challenging, there's a lesson. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Bolded, underlined, italicized. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> because, I say that because what is, what is life? Life is a classroom. It's a classroom where no matter how young you are, how middle-aged you are, how elderly you are, there's always something to learn. Because how else are we to grow? And mature in life if we don't learn, mm-hmm. unless we just prefer to go to the school of hard knocks and keep getting proverbially concussioned all the time, then y'all go on ahead. But <laughs> would not recommend, by the way, <laughs> would not recommend the school of hard knocks because it's just it's not a fun place to be. So I absolutely believe that the good, the not so great, and the downright horrible we can all learn from and in in the big scheme of things it may not even be in fact i know let me say this more firmly what we go through in life is not just for us steve what we go through in life is so that we can help others and so that we can have a testimony for others and when i look at all three decades of my life the good the bad the not so great and i think about where i am at this point We've only done two episodes at this point, right? Or in the middle of the second. Mm -hmm. But all of the experiences I've been through have had so many lessons to help me grow as a person, to help me grow as a Christian, as a woman, as a student. And by student, I mean just in life. Um, And I believe that if there were certain lessons that I hadn't learned when I did, we'd be having a very different conversation, or this opportunity may have not even come up to begin with. That's how seriously I take life's lessons. And I, I believe that as we get older, sometimes we might feel like we're invincible to learning anything. Skirt, skirt, no. Don't think you've ever arrived. When you think you've arrived, like, oh, I'm 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever, would not recommend. I'm just get, I'm just getting started. <laughs> right. Right. So exactly. do you, do you feel that whatever this lesson is that we, we, we might not know but maybe one day we will know? Um I think it depends on the person. It mm. depends on the willingness of the person to be teachable, to be malleable, to learn. If a person's hard-headed, well <clears throat> they will either learn the lesson immediately, they'll go through a couple of knocks, and then they'll learn, or they'll never learn. That's the three, that's the three paths, and it's up to them to choose which path they're going to take, because life is going to be lifing, whether we think it will or not. Mm. Everything has a consequence, good, bad, or different. We're just about out of time, but something, something popped in my head, and it's the lyrics to a song, can I share it with you? Go for it. Okay. He it's a it's a folksy kind of song. It wasn't a big hit. His name is 
Dan Fogelberg. The song is called Part of the Plan. Came out in the mid-70s. It was like an album track. But the lyrics are just like, whoa. And he sings it beautifully. But verse one is, I have these moments all steady and strong. I'm feeling so holy and humble. The next thing I know, I'm all worried and weak. I feel myself starting to crumble. Now I'm going to go to the pre-chorus. Some kind of message comes through to you. Some kind of message comes through. And it says to you, and here's the chorus, love when you can, cry when you have to, be who you must. That's a part of the plan. Await your arrival with simple survival. And one day we'll all understand. One day we'll all understand. And then it ends with one day we'll all understand. It's not a religious song. It's actually about a relationship that went wrong. But I I think all of that kind of applies to what we're talking about, that there is a plan and we're learning stuff. And one minute we could be feeling, wow, fantastic. Next minute, not so good. But there's a reason why we're feeling not so good because of what's happening around us. And it's it's a part of the plan, whatever the plan is. Um, And someday, someday we'll figure it out. You help people figure it out. Maybe not the plan or maybe the plan, but just kind of figure things out in terms of their wellness holistically, their faith, spirituality, and all of that. Um, how do we find you, Tabitha? How do we connect with you? If somebody has questions, maybe they want to work with you and, and try and literally figure this whole thing called life out. Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Tabitha the Holistic, T-A-B-I-T-H-A, T-H-E, W-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C on Instagram. Also, you can email me at Tabitha, T-A-B-I-T-H-A, at myholisticnutrition.com, M-Y-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C.com, or you can call me at 714-769-5971. It's very clear that you care about people and your your life purpose is, is just this. And making people realize what's going on around them and maybe how to deal with it. Uh, but it, it, it didn't come by, by choice or by accident. You were kind of put this way in this, in this direction. You feel that way? Right. Oh, you are 100% correct. I'm an empath by nature, so I feel... Um, I feel things from people a lot deeper. I feel their emotions. I pull off people's emotions differently. I've been an empath for a very, very long time. And even as a child, um, I was always extroverted and wanting to hug people and make them feel better. And that's just me as a person. If I could give the whole world just one big hug, I would do so. Not be getting choked up at the end of the program. Mm. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) That's what I would do if I if I had it in my power to just give the world one big hug and make it a better place. I would, but I'm in my little bitty spot, and I do what I can over the airwaves, over YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and I just try to reach as many people as I can for however long God has me or however short God has me here. However, whatever duration my warranty is in life, I want to make sure I am doing his will and that I'm impacting people for the better. Yeah. And and that's beautifully said. Uh, appreciate you. Thank you for being with us today and uh, looking forward next time we, uh, we get together and dig into some cool stuff. 
Absolutely. Have a wonderful day. You too. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.